Hey there, I'm Mr. Black. And I'm Mr. Green. And we're a couple of guys who met in a comic book store. Together we host the Pint O' Comics podcast, where we invite listeners to join us to talk about movies, TV, comics, music, or just whatever. Starting very soon, we'll be joining up with the fine folks at Forgotten Entertainment for a special limited series called On the QT, where we talk Tarantino. Every week for 10 weeks, a guest will join us to chat about every Quentin Tarantino movie from Reservoir Dogs to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So join us starting in May 2021. On the QT is a Available wherever you download your podcasts and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Ooh, that's a bingo. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at NomcastPod, and most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Welcome to an all-new episode of Cracking One Open with Mike and Elise. And tonight, today, this afternoon, this morning, where whenever you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, we are getting tiki with it. That's right. We're on tiki time. Baby, what are we drinking today? All right. This week, we are cracking open Tiki Tour. A New Zealand pilsner from Thomas Hooker Brewery located in Bloomfield, Connecticut. Or technically, their primary location is now in Bloomfield, but they have a tap room in Hartford, uh, which is located at the historic Colt Firearms Building. Oh, that's dope. So Thomas Hooker Brewery was actually founded as the Trout Brook Brew Pub in Hartford back in 1996, but, quote, Precipitated by the closure of an adjacent brew pub in mid-2003, Trout Brook Brew Pub, which is a hell of a tongue twister, uh, became, Trout Brook brew pub. <laughs> became a manufacturing microbrewery with a new focus on distribution. Thomas Hooker Ale was their best-selling beer, and thus the products were reintroduced to the market as Thomas Hooker Ales and Lagers in August of 2003. Because it's an easier thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> So one year after acquiring Thomas Hooker, their new management team increased sales almost 100 percent. They they relocated the brewery operations from their 2000 square foot of space in Hartford to an 8000 square foot facility in Bloomfield. And then they expanded distribution to include New York City and eastern Pennsylvania, northern New Jersey and western Massachusetts. So guess what? Some of the people listening to this episode, you can get this beer. Yeah. It wasn't until 2017 that they were able to establish a presence in Hartford again, uh, this time being located in the historic Colt Firearms Building. Previously, the Trout Brook Brew Pub <laughs> had been in the old Spaghetti Warehouse Building, um, which is apparently an old restaurant chain that I've never heard of. Have you heard of Spaghetti Warehouse? No, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like spaghetti. <laughs> it's true, you don't. 
Anyway, Thomas Hooker opened in the new tap room in Hartford, and that location basically serves as a place to brew smaller, like 100 gallon test batches, like a pilot program. Okay. Then they can measure the response from customers. And if it's a hit, then they take it to production in the much larger capacity facility in Bloomfield. Well, that answers the question I was going to ask. Oh, okay. If they actually brewed anything at the cult facility. Yeah. <laughs> so fun fact, Thomas Hooker Brewery gets its name from the great colonial leader of the 1600s and founder of Hartford, Reverend Thomas Hooker. And Hartford gets its name from Hertford, England. Uh, the birthplace of one of Hooker's assistants, Reverend Samuel Stone. So let's get to the beer, because who cares about those old white guys? Samuel Stone's an awesome name, though. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty badass. That's a name with authority. Yep. So Thomas Hooker says of Tiki Tour, quote, New Zealand Pilsner? What in the world is that? Good question. For our interpretation, we combined a soft water profile of a Czech pills with the heavy-handed hopping of a German pills. Layered additions of Motueka, Nelson, Ruwaka, and Pacific Sunrise lead to a beautiful citrus-forward flavor in an eminently drinkable package. End quote. Eminently drinkable. <laughs> Another fun fact, Tiki Tour was a small trial batch and only 150 cases were produced. So if you like what you hear on the rest of the episode, go hunt it down now. <laughs> so we've got quite a few New Zealand hops in this bad boy, Ooh. including two that we've never talked about before. Ooh, I love me some new hops. Hold on. Let me uh, mm-hmm. let me open my notebook for the first time there in forever. Go. Hold Dust on. Dust it me... off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, open up my hops notebook. All right, go <laughs> ahead. Oh, wait, my pen's dead. It's been so long. Uh, we get a new pen. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> You're so old. All the kids have laptops now. <laughs> it's not the same. I need to physically write it down for me to remember. Oh, yeah. But it's, then also, I don't read my notes back after I do that. No, but the act of writing it like cements it exactly. in your mind. Yeah. So I never really studied. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> anyway, first up is Motueka which we happen to have featured in another beer from like three episodes ago, the one from Outer Light. Mm-hmm. So Motueka is considered New Zealand's version of a noble hop. It's a cross between Saz and two other New Zealand varieties, making this hop a triploid or seedless hop. While New Zealand was experimenting with breeding this hop, a Belgian brewery started using it and called it Belgian Saz or B Saz. But to avoid confusion, now it's just called Motueka. It's New Zealand's second most popular hop behind Nelson Sauvin, which I think we've also talked about before. So on the nose, Motueka has a bright, lively citrus quality of lemon and lime along with some tropical floral and stone fruit but the tropical fruit comes through more prominently in its flavor along with the floral and spicy or kind of herbal notes like rosemary or basil next up is nelson or nelson salvin one of my personal favorites at the moment oh yeah <laughs> so nelson salvin's name is derived from the sauvignon blanc wine grape that this hop reminds so many people of in its similar flavor and aroma. This hop be crazy, y'all. It is. It, it just tastes like wine. <laughs> it was developed in the Nelson region of New Zealand and released in 2000. And while it has actually been very popular among craft breweries and home brewers for its eccentric characteristics, it's too weird to find its place in big beer. It's popular in American-style pale ales, but it's also apparently a hop that you need to work with very carefully 
or at least one of the the resources that I usually go to for the podcast states specifically that it requires prudent and discerning application in brewing, but they didn't really explain why. Um, Yeah. yeah. So Nelson Salvin hops are described as rich and fruity with flavors of white wine, duh, crushed gooseberry, lychee, passion fruit, and whispers of melon. They're probably to say that because lychee and the Savin flavors are so strong yeah that you can really mess up your beer and make something that's unpalatable unbalanced yeah so then we've got ruwaka aka d saws released in 1997 which is considered one of the darling hops of the new zealand craft beer scene because ruwaka is dope (laughs) ruwaka is an aroma hop that has almost twice the oil content of its parent variety saws and a nearly one-to-one ratio of alpha to beta acids, which gives it a strong citrus note, making it perfect in hoppy beers like IPAs. It has notes of grapefruit, passion fruit, and I even saw a kumquat on one list. I've never had a kumquat before, so I could never tell that flavor. Nope, I would never know. Although I will say we had a Ruwaka Tribus beer, Yep, where it was a Ruwaka was the only hop, a single Mm -hmm. hop series, and it was fantastic. Yeah, and we still have some. Oh, I keep forgetting to put those last two in the fridge. I know. All right. (laughs) So last but not least are Pacific Sunrise Hops. (gasps) All right, notes. Hold on. (laughs) Yeah, get this down. All right. (laughs) Pacific Sunrise. Talk talk slower. (laughs) Pacific Sunrise. I fucked that. Keep talking. (laughs) It was released in 2000, but it wasn't widely used by commercial breweries. I really like this description from Crosby Hops. Quote, lemon and clementine citrus take the wheel and drive this hop forward with tropical hits of melon and mango riding shotgun. Stone fruit and jammy sweetness support the initial frontline aromatics along pleasant floral notes that help round out the overall profile. Subtle yet notable hints of pine and berry refract through the aroma with lingering bits of hay and herbs that stay in their lane and are not distracting. And Pacific Sunrise is the result of a cross between the result of a European and New Zealand male on one side and a California cluster and a fuggle on the other. Those fuggles, Those man. fuggle hops. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say my mouth is like a gape. The I, entire I, time yeah, I saw your face. That is like my hop. I want a single mm-hmm. series of that. Right? Oh, you had me a jammy sweetness. <laughs> <laughs> Pine and herbs. Oh, it's got everything. So you're ready to crack this baby open then? Oh, fuck yeah, I am. Let's do it. You all ready? Bitch, you know I'm always ready for tiki time. You were born ready for this, this, yeah. my drink. (laughs) I don't know if we said this on the show before, but I am all about that tiki. I think we've mentioned it, yeah. I think our our deck is all tiki'd out. Yep. So you're going to get some awesome pictures for these? Yep, absolutely. Got the Smuggler's Cove book from the guy who runs Smuggler Cove in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all thanks to Greg from How to Drink. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to Greg from How to Drink for starting a very expensive obsession. <laughs> <laughs> but very cool and very summery. And it's almost like you're on vacation when I step out yeah. of my neck now. So that's pretty dope. Worth it. And I've learned to make Hashtag some worth it. amazing drinks. Yes. And how to make some amazing beer cocktails, which mm-hmm. hopefully if I stop working some doubles... We can start a little bit of a video series on those. It would be fun. All right. In the meantime. It's tiki time. Let's do this. 
Oh yeah. I'm getting some some happiness right off the bat as soon as we cracked it. I didn't even like sniff the can. It just like wafts. I did not get that, but it might be wafting. The air might be wafting toward your oh. direction, so I didn't get it. Look at that foam. It's a nice straw yellow, very clear. Nice pillowy, lacy head. I gave myself a little too much of it. It's head. beautiful. It still looks really cool, though. It does. So, yeah, the color of this beer is, I think, exactly what you'd want out of a beer called the Tiki yeah. Beer. Well, not only that, it just looks like the most picturesque. Like, when you Ooh. think of beer, this is what you oh, see. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of straw colored, but a little hazy, but clear on the bottom. And the foam is nice and foamy and frothy. Mm hmm. Um, which is perfect for tiki because tiki drinks a lot of the time have that nice have that froth, froth on them. That's true. So yeah, I mean, it looks picturesque. It looks refreshing. Uh, so I hope it will. Should we give them the spoiler that we've had this before? Eh, only a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so we did we did split a can and try a little bit, but we didn't really break it down. And we were already like many drinks in. Yeah. <laughs> Off the nose. And this could be, mm -hmm. again, because I have a lot of foam on the top. I'm getting a lot of that yeast. Yep. Citrus. Oh, oh, oh. I'm getting some hops and some stone fruit. Stone fruit's starting to come through on mine. Yeah. That about hops, but then again, I don't think I can. I think most beer smells like hops, so I think that's, yeah. I'm not picking that apart. All right. Even though I've got a little bit of foam left, I'm <laughs> going for it. Cheers. Mm. Oh man, this is fantastic. This is so good. It's super refreshing, just mm -hmm. like you'd want from a tiki drink, but it's also got a lot of tiki drink-esque qualities to it. It does. <clears throat> I wonder, it, I mean, that had to have inspired the name aside from the, the whole New Zealand. The fact that it's all in New yeah. Zealand. It's, it's just a really summery tiki drink. It feels so like you're having light. a mixed drink. It's light. It's lightly carbonated. It's so refreshing. It is. It's very pillowy in terms of the carbonation. But the, the taste is, I'm almost getting a little bit of coconutiness to it. Really? <clears throat> I don't know if I get any of that. And I, I do love me some coconut. I'm definitely getting some tropical notes. Oh, the tropical notes are there. I, I think the coconut isn't, it's not that I taste coconut, but it's acting as though coconut would in a mixed drink. Okay. By using the coconut oil. Um, that smoothness, that, that roundness, that yeah. sweetness, and that I wonder if that might be the, the lychee, the, the lychee or the gooseberry that I was talking about. Uh, it could be. It could be. It could be the the carb, the fact that the carbonation's light and smooth, kind mm -hmm. of carbonation. You know, you don't see a lot of bubbles running up the glass just once every every once in a while. Yeah, you get a lot of those kind of fruity flavors right up front, and it's not just stone fruit. It's not just you know, this or that. It is a combination of fruits, which is what makes it kind of tiki. It Because tiki drinks have a lot of ingredients to yeah. most of the time. You know, I'm getting hints of pineapple. I'm getting hints of lychee. I'm getting hints of, mm -hmm. of flowers. And a little bit of that piney herbaceousness kind of yeah, comes through. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to remember which one. <clears throat> that was Pacific Coast or Pacific Sunrise, rather. Oh, that had the herbal, the herbaceous notes. Mm-hmm. There is a little bit of that in this. There's also the fact that um, Nelson Salvin is a little bit peppery. Oh, I, I forgot I that's in that. the That's absolutely the Salvin comes through a lot in yeah. this, I think. I think that's responsible for a lot of the smoothness mm -hmm. and a lot of that fruitiness. Yep. 
is like get the that pa- white the wine passion in there. fruit and the, the little bit of melon. Yep. That white wine kind of washes a lot of the flavor and kind of becomes other than beer because this is a beer, but it tastes like not quite a beer. Yeah. And that's something that Nelson Savin and all the ones that we've had has, have done. Has always lended to it. Yeah. Um, but they that makes it almost a wine. But I think then adding all these other hops now mm-hmm. <clears throat> goes from just being this other type of wine to being a completely different type of, of beer. Yeah. Almost a tiki drink, almost a mixed drink, almost something like, you know, I say last year, but that's the the forgotten year. The forgotten year. (laughs) The year before last, we went to Royal Pacific for our Universal vacation Mm because we go to Universal. 72 days. (laughs) When this episode comes out, though. Even less. Seven. Oh, no, 70 days. Yeah. (laughs) I know what joke you were trying to make. (laughs) Um, 69, dudes! But this would be perfectly served at Royal Pacific or even Mm -hmm. at Volcano Bay. Oh my God, this would be fantastic at Volcano Bay. uh, Two beers, right, at Volcano Bay? Mm -hmm. And I I think Kona makes them. We're pretty sure Kona makes them. We haven't been able to prove that, but... They are. <laughs> it tracks. Super duper Kona-y. Yeah. Um, but this is very similar as well in the way that Kona handles a lot of their beers. It's got that mm-hmm. island type flavor with those fruits that are, it's still a beer. It's not fruity like a super fruity IPA or mm-hmm. a super fruity sour. It's fruity as in this sweetness. Yeah. The one thing I am a little disappointed in this flavor, and it's not a disappointment to the drink because I don't think I'd want it in this drink, mm-hmm. but something I'm interested to try in a Pacific Sunrise Hop okay. is that jamminess. Yeah. I don't the think it really of jam. comes this through jammy. in this. No. The sweetness comes through here like any kind of fruit juice would, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, I'm cool with that because you want that in a tiki drink. Yeah. I don't want jamminess would make this heavy and this beer is not no, it's not. Not heavy at all, um, which is exactly what you want on a hot day, a summery day. This is a tiki beer. I mean, there's tiki guys dancing on the can. We'll yeah, get into there it, are. But you don't want that heftiness in a beer. You want something light and refreshing. And what's weird is this is, I mean, granted, we're in the Northeast. This is the first tiki beer. This is, yeah, literally the first that I've ever seen. That I've seen themed. here. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, let's go with that summertime tiki feel, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, Connecticut is obviously cold in the winters, but we got hot, hot, hot in the summers. Yeah. This is where pirates came, yo. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you know that we have tiki tours on? I think that it's closer to New, to New York, but I think there's a tiki tour out of Stamford, or at least that's what they call it. Uh, you told me that the other day. I got really disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds kind of lame, but the idea is cool. I'm down for anything tiki, yo. <laughs> Even if I didn't know this was a tiki themed beer, that's what I would get out of it. Yeah. And that's what I like about this beer a lot. A lot of beers will have a theme to it. Um, and we talked about it not so much when we do our pumpkin episodes for Halloween, mm-hmm. but when we do our Christmas episodes. Um, yeah. They all have a very similar flavor profile. But we also talk about do they feel like a Christmas beer? Yeah. And yeah. Sometimes they just feel like a winter beer and sometimes they just feel like a beer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's very few, I think, very few of the. We only did six or we did more last year for the Christmas? Um, I think we did more. We did at least six. Because didn't we do a two-part? Yeah. So yeah, it was a bunch. It, it might have been like eight or ten. And there were quite a few. I would say only about half of them 
really felt like something that you would have on Christmas Eve or Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, they're just kind of wintry or just kind of beer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that when you're brewing something with a theme in mind, you really have to be mindful of. Yeah. Because you should be able to blind taste test somebody and be like, what do you feel when you drink this beer? Mm -hmm. And the emotion should be a a big part of that. They should be able to feel without being told that they're on an island. You know, I know we talk a lot about also on the, the cast talking about the hops beforehand mm-hmm. influence what we taste. Yeah. And I think even not being able to pick out anything specific like the Nelson Savin, although like well, now that you reminded me of it, like hits you like a ton of bricks. So I might've <laughs> been able to pick that up if I wasn't trying to focus on some of the other flavors. Mm-hmm. I would say it tastes tropical. It, like if I was to do like, like, hold on, let me try to do a generic, <laughs> like not try to pick out these flavors we already talked about. Yeah. Pillowy. Absolutely. Tropical. Mm-hmm. Fruity. Mm-hmm. Earthy in a piney. Herbal. Herbal kind of way, yeah. which is that flower, the pine and the flowery kind of taste that I'm feeling. Although I don't know where the flowers come from because nothing you described was like super flowery. But I think that comes from um, the, the Ruwaka and the, what was the first one? Well, th- I would say the Motueka because it Motueka, has the, yeah. the kind of floral notes of the noble hops. Right. And I do like Motueka as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I fucking, I dig New Zealand hops a lot now. Yes. Which we've talked about before. Like, I'm all in on New Zealand hops. Me too. Um, I just think they gave out this flavor that's great. And it's it's summery and fantastic. And I am such a summer baby that it's just like. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I love Anything that tastes or reminds me of the summer, mm-hmm. uh, even when I'm in the middle of the summer, even if I'm sweating my balls off, <laughs> I don't care. I I love it. And that's what this drink does, even without telling you that this drink is a tiki drink. Yeah. Like if a restaurant guy, I was like, uh, uh, there's a lot of beers to choose from, you know, you pick something for me, whatever, whatever you think is the best at the restaurant. And if he poured me tiki tour, didn't tell me what it was and he just poured it for me, I drank it. That's the emotion I would get out of this beer is this yeah. kind of summary. I would feel like I'm back at, you know, Volcano Bay or I'm mm-hmm. at the Royal Pacific Hotel. This is what I'm tasting. Oh, yeah. This, this is what I want to drink on a hot summer day. 100%. Mm-hmm. You want to listen to our Tiki playlist, which we have a Tiki playlist, mm-hmm. by the way. Because, duh. Ugh, can't listen to anything else on the deck. <laughs> uh, and we just, you know, you're just chilling and, and drinking this and you feel like you're on vacation. You, it just yeah. feels fantastic. I think that we don't do Thomas Hooker enough on this podcast. No, we, we've featured them a few times. We did Ode to Blumpy. Mm-hmm. Which was great. Yes. Um, which and I then think we bought like two more times. We did. <laughs> after the cast just because we liked it. Uh, and I, I feel like we, we did them. I can't remember whether we've it was done the them first on almost, or the second year on the, um, Christmas podcast. I thought we did both. Oh, we did. I think so. So and oh. I think there've been a couple of six pack series where we've done them. No, we didn't, do a, we didn't do a pumpkin one with Thomas Hooker. Nope. I thought we did. They weren't in the, they weren't in the Halloween or the Saison or the Stout episodes. I know they weren't in the Stout or Saison. But they were definitely one of the Christmas beers. Yes. Because they were a good Christmas beer. Yeah. They were the Winter Storm themed one, right? The Mm Nor'easter. That was really good. But yeah. Yeah. Nor'easter. Yep. Thomas Hooker's beers, if you can get them, and like Elise said, they're in, I guess, Northern Pennsylvania. A lot of the, yeah, the tri-state area. Yeah. 
New York, New, Zer- New Jersey, maybe Massachusetts at this point. Yeah. They're great. Everything they put out is gold. Uh, we don't do them enough because I think they're more upstate Connecticut. Yeah. Um, and they don't always give the best description, the best information that I can flesh yeah. out an episode from. So it's all about being able to describe <laughs> the beer to you guys. So, but they always put stuff out and it's, I have had nothing from them. It's solid. It's all solid. They did a awesome collaboration with Munson's Chocolate, which is a local oh my chocolate God, place. Yeah. I forgot about uh, that. A few years ago. And they did a chocolate. It was just a chocolate stout, right? It was right? just a chocolate stout. But yeah, even you it, liked it. And you're not a huge fan of chocolate. I like chocolate. I just get over. I don't like too much chocolate. Yeah. A little chocolate goes a long way for me. Um, But yeah, it was like a chocolate candy and it wasn't mm-hmm. crazy heavy and it wasn't. It was just chocolate. It was literally yeah. a melted chocolate bar in a stout. And for those a of basic you, stout. Yeah. So like you didn't get too many other crazy notes. For those of you who are not in the Connecticut, I don't know how, how Munson's is a very small local chain, right? To there the are best, not many of To the best of, of my yeah. knowledge. Yep. Yeah. So they're, they're a chocolatier in Connecticut. There's maybe two or three locations that I know of. I know one of them shut down. Yeah. Unfortunately, the one, oh, the one that made the best. If you even kind of like white chocolate, they made the best white chocolate bark. Oh, my God. That was good. I never went into their store. Really? I only had stuff people had bought. I never went into that. And even though they were right next to the Barnes and Noble, I went into I, I was going to say, like, I, I stopped in Munson's every time I went to Barnes and Noble. Which is weird because <laughs> my dad is obsessed with chocolate. Yeah. We never once walked into Munson's wow. when we went to Barnes and Noble. And I was obsessed, it, it continues to be obsessed with two things in his life, books and chocolate. <laughs> never walked into Munson's, which was right next to the bookshop he always wanted to. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. It's true. Um, man, if I find out they made hot chocolates in there, I'd been pissed. Oh, <laughs> um, that I don't know. But no, yeah, they, they're great. I had a Hershey's one at one point too that was really good. And we're going off topic now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Thomas Hooker always puts out amazing, great beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't talk about them a lot in the cast because just because like Elisa, they don't put a lot of information. Yeah. Which there are a lot of breweries like that. And I, re- I really hope at some point we go to the actual location or one. Of, I mean, the Hartford one, the one is obviously a lot closer than yeah. the Bloomfield, but I think that would be really cool. No, absolutely. And it's an old pistol factory. That's mm-hmm. pretty dope. Um, but no. I would love to go to Thomas Hooker and all these different breweries. You know, Tiki is awesome. You want to talk and about tiki the Tiki can? can? Also awesome. So we should say that we got this at Trader Joe's. Yes. This I, is not I something you have to go like it. crazy hunting for. No, I found it at the Trader Joe's in Orange, uh, Connecticut. <laughs> mm. But it is not at our local liquor store. The the big one. <laughs> that, I'm surprised it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But probably because big... it probably because it was such a small batch. But yeah, it's fantastic. So the can is a tall boy, obviously, um, with a wraparound label, not a full heat sealed label. Uh, where do I start on the side? Eh, I'll start with the main image. So the main image is it. The whole thing is holographic, which is awesome. Yes. Uh, holographic in the way your old 1990s, you know, extra 50 cent comic books were. <laughs> uh the background is black and gray and it's just kind of like hand-drawn little wavies of Mm -hmm. black and gray repeating and then there's little twists of yellow orange light blue and i think that makes up all the colors of this can 
Yeah. The center of the can are two tiki people, a tiki lady and a tiki guy. Uh, they're wearing masks of the tiki variety. The top of one, the tiki guy's mask has a twirly straw, a beach umbrella, two feathers. <laughs> the tiki lady has a hibiscus leaf and a leaf in her hair. A monstera plant. Shout out Animal Crossing. The guy has tiki on his head and the lady has tour where her vagines would be. Oh boy. Maybe because <laughs> she's naked and he is not. And the tiki tour is also done like a, a I can't describe it any other way than a tiki font. Like a yeah, Polynesian tiki bar kind of font. It's super cool, super blocky, super hand-drawn. I, I love it. I love how holographic and shiny it is, but how tiki it is at the same time. Little twirls go down the left side of the tiki people as well. And on the bottom, you have a little tiki block like you would see um, if you're going to uh, any kind of Aztec or Mayan Mayan kind of place mm-hmm. on the bottom. And then that's kind of a border in, in between the border. Also kind of in that hand-drawn tiki font is this light blue font that says New Zealand Pilsner. And the Thomas Hooker logo is above, but it's very small. It like doesn't want to get out of the. It wants to get out of the way of the fact that this is a fun tiki beer, which yeah. I like. On the left it's hand really side, really eye grabbing. The tiki, yeah, oh yeah, it's saying, "Hey, it's summer. Mm-hmm. You need this beer. Drink this." On the very left side, with a mint green kind of border, is the government warning, which is weird because it cuts off, and then you go back to your little main wraparound with the black and gray, and it says character. Refreshing. <laughs> True. New Zealand Pilsner? What in the world is that? Good question. For our interpretation, we combine a soft water profile of Czech pills with heavy handed hopping of German pills. Layered editions of Motueka, Nelson, Rowaka, and Pacific Sunrise lead to a beautiful citrus forward flavor in an eminently drinkable package. Just like Elise has already said, New Zealand Pilsner, 5.1 alcohol by volume, one pint, brewed and canned by Thomas Hooker Brewing Company in Bloomfield. Which is weird because you say this is a lower branch. I would have thought this could have would have been brewed in the Hartford yeah. location. I guess maybe because it, I don't. Well, I think the Hartford location brews so little that they yeah. probably couldn't even can it. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. And it's more what the people drink at the tap room think. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's got the same independent, the normal independent craft logo from the Brewers Association, which I love. Uh, and then it's got a it's all that's all white. Next to that are little versions of their same twists. And the refunds. And that's it. It's a very fun can. Very awesome. I will say it could stand to be a little brighter. Yeah. Um, the holographic makes it. Uh, like I said, if anybody had gotten comics in the 90s, that's the kind of shiny kind of holographic. Yeah. So it's not the brightest colors. You can't really go crazy bright with those colors. Um, so the background kind of being gray and black makes the can sort of dark. But oh. any any source of light makes it really like. Oh, yeah. When you put it up to the light right now, it yeah. really pops. And even like a single beam just shining on the Tiki guy's face is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's a really fantastic it's just beer. So, it's so good. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, this is probably. <laughs> this is this is up there for me as far as what we've done this year. This is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I was trying to place it within this year, but I didn't think I could. But I will say that it is up there in terms of summer beers we've done this yes. year. Of the beers of the summer that I've had this year, this is definitely one of the tops for being a summer beer. Yeah. 
you know, there's a couple other beers that I've had this summer mm-hmm. that I'm like, yes. Like, oh yeah, Beb from Tribus. Oh my God. We were just talking about how oh. good that is and how refreshing. But that's not necessarily a summer beer. It's just a really good and refreshing it's, beer. It's just, it's honestly, and I've told you this before, and it's a bold statement. If I was told that I could only drink one beer for the rest of my life and it was all yeah, Beb, I'd be okay with it. You have said that before. I don't know if I have the answer for that beer. Well, no, it's Geyser Ghost, but <laughs> that beer doesn't exist anymore. So I don't know if womp, I have an answer womp. for that. Um, but in terms of summer beers, that's like, like I said, Oh Yeah Beb is a great summer beer, beer. And there's a couple of Mexican lagers that we have had, although we've not seen mm-hmm. Wicked Bueno this year. No, and I keep checking back and I have to issue a a, a correction for the past episode that I thought it was in Massachusetts. It's actually in Vermont. It's by Banded Brewing. Um, which we also featured in one of our first podcast episodes, um, Viridian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Love yeah, Viridian. Viridian was also very good, but um, sadly, our our liquor store is not getting as much uh, stuff from them as usual. Yeah, well, well, but yeah, I mean, those kind of like there's a couple of Mexican um, Tribus puts out one that's very good as well. The Cerveza, yeah. Yep. But Dockside I mean, I- does El Capitan. Oh, El Capitan is really good. Yeah. That's so good. But this beer is is a different kind of beer because it's not a Mexican yes, lager. This beer not. is really trying to be a summer beer for you. It's really giving you summer notes and mm-hmm. summer feelings and summer emotions in the way that I think a lot of the Kona beers, one of which so far we've covered, mm-hmm. do for you. And I think this is the closest I can get without... You know, putting a cap on it, getting it warm and disgusting, and then driving it back to Connecticut to do an episode on <laughs> when we go to Universal of what Kona makes for Volcano Bay. Yeah. Although we are going to try to do some maybe mini-sodes or some video stuff yes, for... I've I've found three potential breweries that we can visit while we're down there this year. Maybe, if we have time. Yeah. But there's still uh, about 8 to 12 beers at Universal that are unique to their own That's also well. true, yeah. So we'll definitely try to explore some of those as well. Yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else? That's so all I just want to drink this beer. Yeah, me too. So thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandoneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackandoneopen. Or just shoot us an email at crackandoneopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we want to hear from you. From you. Yes, you. The brewers <laughs> and the people, but mostly the brewers, but also the people. <laughs> Recommend some beers. Let's go. Let's go. Send us some beers. Let's do some episodes together. <laughs> what other plugs you got? Well, you know me. I do a few things. I got some audiobooks out. Uh, mostly horror books, progressive entrapment, coffee at midnight, sour, the final girl, all of those are on audible and I don't get paid unless you buy them. I've also got switch art fraud and gangsters, which is like a British guy, Richie art fraud theft book where I do all different British accents. It really pushed my knowledge of, of where people came from in England Mm -hmm. and how their accents differ. And I had to refer back to my old college. (laughs) <laughs> uh, dialect uh, website that my professor had told us to use to figure out exactly how to use 
what dialect for which person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I came out awesome. I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of my accents in it. Uh, that as book's well available. You should be. And then I've got Vacation Planet is out there as well. I don't make money on these books unless you guys buy them, guys. So please, I'm still working my day job. Like too much. Uh, like, like, so help like me get 50 out hours of that. a week too much. <laughs> yeah. Get me out of there. Get me out of there. And I've also got two other podcasts I do. I've got Two Player Bros, a podcast I do with my buddy Dave, sometimes myself, sometimes my buddy Alex, my brother Alex, where we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join us while we talk about PlayStation, VR, Xbox, Nintendo, PC. We have it all. We play it all. We talk about it all. So join us as we talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, And then I've also got Forgotten Cinema, the podcast that started the Forgotten Entertainment Network, (laughs) which we are on. It is about me and my buddy Field. I'm an actor. He's a writer-director. We talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We discuss what we love about the movie, maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. These episodes release every week like clockwork on Wednesday. (laughs) Check them out. Uh, And that's all I got. All right. Well. And then a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. That was a good clink. That was good. (sighs) I want to be on the tiki dick. Let's go.